and welcome to Nerd vs World, episode 72, West Nerd. I'm Brendan. I'm Spindles. And on today's show, as the name suggests, we will be talking about the first episode of Westworld, recapping the Luke Cage series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go into how badly I got beaten at the Kaladesh pre-release tournament, <laughs> and exactly how salty I got about it all. <laughs> and then we'll chat about a couple of shows that have surprised us mm-hmm. uh, from the, the new fall schedule. Yeah. Cool. Where to begin then, sir? Uh, let's begin with Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I managed to binge watch this entire series in one day. I finished at half past three in the morning. So when I got the uh, Caladus boxes, came back, opened my boxes of boosters, sorted them into alphabetical piles, and then I just binged Luke Cage. Okay. Cool. Um, I think we did it over a couple of days. So. Uh, so my impressions of the show are that it was really good I enjoyed it I, I enjoyed the tone of it um, I know some people have uh, found the use of some of the racially derogatory terms to be somewhat um, uncomfortable Yeah. and I kind of think good you should be uncomfortable by this Yeah. You know, a lot of this should challenge you um, and if you think this is tough as a viewer, imagine how tough it is to hear those terms when you're actually in yeah. in that world, experiencing that sort of thing day to day. I think it's extremely culturally relevant at the moment. Um, the whole Black Lives Matter thing is uh, very strongly alluded to all the way throughout. Um, but even then, I think it's only my third favourite of the series. Yeah, I mean, I, it certainly wasn't up there with kind of Daredevil and Jessica Jones in my opinion no, I still think Jessica Jones is the best yeah yeah. Uh, and Daredevil season 1 is second and then it's Luke Cage Yeah. Um, and I was trying to put my finger on why because the way it was shot was beautiful the acting was was great the music especially was phenomenal I, I love. I thought it was really well done that they included yeah. a lot of you know proper artists yeah. and things in there I thought that was really cool and when I came down to it, I think the stumbling block for Luke Cage was that the villain wasn't nearly as compelling as either Kingpin or Kilgrave. I don't think either of the villains were. I think that the first villain... Cottonmouth. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think he was too sympathetic and was kind of a fish out of water that had been forced into doing what he was doing. And then Diamondback I just disliked yeah. intensely. I thought he was awful. Um Warriors reference aside, I thought he was just a really, really bad villain. Yeah, I, I, I just, you know, he came off as badly as, as is it Whiplash from Iron Man Two, yeah, yeah. which is odd because there's another Iron Man Two callback in Luke Cage. Yeah, so the, the the hammer. Yeah, guns are a callback to Iron Man Two. Um, oh, there's a lot of hammer tech turning yeah. up. Um, again, it's it's all about this uh, company doing experiments on people. It's a uh, yeah, another attempt to. Uh, recreate the Captain America Super Soldier yeah. Serum. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's it's all of that and it's the you know, the guy who was the cop in Daredevil. Is it Daredevil or was it Jessica Jones? Uh, I think that's where he's gone off to and I think that's what's gonna bring all the threads back together for Defenders. Yeah, well yeah, and I think uh, Night Nurse as well. Well she's the she's the thing that's literally holding literally, all three of the shows yeah. together at the moment. And I did like that she finally got referred to as Night Nurse, yes. even though it was in passing and as an insult. Yes. More or less. But yeah, that was great. 
I loved it from the moment she turned up. I think that was where it kind of grabbed me a bit more because I, I felt it was a little bit lackluster and a little bit slow in the first in the first few instances. Yeah. There were some standout characters in it. I thought the guy who played Juice in in Sons of Anarchy yeah, was yeah. awesome as Shades. Yeah, yeah, he was great. Um, I think if they'd continued with Cottonmouth, if they hadn't killed Cottonmouth and they'd made the sort of the villain story, the struggle between Shades and uh, Cottonmouth all the way to the end and just got rid of Diamondback entirely, it, it might have been a better, a better series. Maybe, but I think they had to have that kind of superpower yeah. bad guy to allow for a believable final scrap. Yeah. And I think, I think that's literally the only reason why it happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I I, I kind of like that they killed killed off Cottonmouth at that point because it gave the story a new direction. I just didn't like the direction it went in the end. That's fair. Yeah, that was that was it for me. That that was well, that was where it fell down. Mm. But yeah, I think there were some interesting things. In, I think the hammer tech with the, uh, the the kind of drilling bullet was an interesting one. Uh, using some of the uh, the Cree techno Cree yeah. technology. Yeah. Yeah. Cree. Yes. Yeah. Um, from from the incident, which yes. is still referred to. From the incident. Yeah, there's all the, all the usual crossovers were there as well. Mm. Um, Hammer got a mention. Uh, it was interesting, given its positioning in the overall MCU cinematic universe, because this probably told the Civil War split yeah. slightly better with the, the two cops, um, the two partners, where they're discussing whether to let these guys continue to get involved whether they should be stopped that did the whole Sokovia thing the whole um, Civil War thing a lot better than Civil War did in some respects mm. um, it was good to see that come out certainly about the Marvel uh, than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did during season 3 I think how are you finding Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now it's the new series mm. can live in it yeah. season 4 is T for 2 so far Yeah. no I've been um, really enjoying it uh, yeah, I, I, I have to say I was right about who the the boss was different. Yes, you were. <laughs> you were. Um, I'm trying to try to figure out who it is from the Inhumans. Uh, yeah, I don't know because they keep saying you know it's somebody who's well known and everything, but they still haven't told us who. who yeah. He appears to be very strong, and that's about all we know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I was completely wrong about that. I was wrong about so many things on the last episode of this show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go into those later on. I'm Brendan sure. gets it wrong. Yeah, Brendan, I am Brendan's fallible. wrong of the week. <laughs> I, am, I am very fallible. <laughs> we but, still love yeah. you, though. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was pretty much my impression of the case, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, so overall... I thought I enjoyed the, the tonality of it. I enjoyed a lot of the things they were trying to do. I enjoyed a lot of the social commentary, yeah. but I think it really just fell down with its villains. Yeah, yeah. It was it was challenging as it should be. It had all the right callbacks, um, and the music was exceptional. But yeah, the villain was the. the I just kind of feel sorry for the uh, the barber's shop. Yeah, yeah. That place got wrecked <laughs> twice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and we don't have long to wait now for the next part. It's like. Iron Fist well, Iron is Fist, March. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and then it will all tie together. Then it's the Defenders. Well, it depends. Is Lester Crowbarring in another Jessica Jones? Because there was some talk of that. Yeah, I think the one they're working on now is uh, shooting has started on the Punisher standalone. Right. So I think it's going to be uh, Iron Fist, Defenders, Punisher. Yeah, because there was a, a, 
a photo went out today from New York Comic Con, which was the first selfie of all the defenders. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Yes, that was, that was very, very cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, New York Comic Con's uh, turned up some really interesting things, actually. Uh, they did the three-minute clip of Walking Dead, because mm. you know, it's two weeks now into the, the, the premiere of the new series. It's out on the internet. I mean, like, if you are really desperate to avoid spoilers, um, there's none in the clip. But it's possible you can work a few things out. Potential analysis of the yeah, clips yeah. may give a, give away who it is. Yeah, I don't know. Do you want to go into the discussion of it, or should we just leave that? Well, I think we look and make their own decisions. I think we're kind of on the right track with some of the stuff we said in the past. It's definitely implied that there's more than one death, mm. and it's definitely implied that one of the deaths is a significant impact to Rick. Um, it also tells you that Rick isn't dead because it's Negan and Rick having a conversation. It was never going to be yeah. Rick. Uh, the clip's called Right Hand Man, so uh, make of that what you will. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a fucking tease. That was a tease. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Internet. That was too much of a tease. Cool. Next then. Uh, Westworld? Yeah, well, let's do it. Westworld's a tease of the show as well. And I think we've spotted our new favourite game for that show, which is going to be identify the music clip yeah. playing on the player piano each week. Yep, spot the cover version. Yeah, so episode one, it was Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Which was awesome. Yeah, which was incredible. Episode two was... Uh, Radiohead. Radiohead, yeah. No but surprises. Also, in episode one, there was also Paint the Paint Black. The but that wasn't on the player piano, that was a score. Yeah, but that was an awesome, was an awesome cover story. of it. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, episode two was no surprises by Radiohead off OK Computer because mm. obviously because computers. Yeah, I overall impressions of the show. I know we were. I know when we were talking about the new shows that were coming up a few a few episodes back, we were sort of reluctant to get too hyped about the pretty much all of the film to yeah. TV conversions. We were yeah <laughs> not we were looking forward to. I think well, we were, was yeah, the word. Yeah, but, we, yeah we, we were tentative about them. But this one hasn't let me down. I've, I'm loving the show. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I've watched both episodes now, pretty much back to back. Yeah, and they're, they're phenomenal yeah. bits of TV. So well put together. Yeah, and there's just so many threads dangling and so many people in it that's just unreal. Episode one did the right thing in terms of setup. Um, my housemate was just like, because we were watching together, just like, which one is the one that's going to just go mad? And I just said, the one who reacts to the fly. Mm. It's going to be the key because they set that up. I mean, anyone who's anyone who's like got into watching shows and analysis from listening to the podcast that we do and sort of thinking on a different level will have spotted the foreshadowing. Absolutely, right, like, foreshadowing right. abound there. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was well done and it was subtle. It's one of those subtle things. Um, there's a lot of interesting nods and a lot of. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things that have been set up, such as the uh, the Tandy Newton thing of counting backwards from three in the second episode, I yeah. thought was a really lovely one, that she explains that to everyone as a way that she deals with coping with stuff, yeah. and then you see a flashback later on where she's being talked through and actually that, that's being done to her as part of her, uh, her ongoing maintenance, and I think that's, there's some really cool things in there. Yeah. I think what I really like is they, they, they've not really tried to hit us too hard with the exposition hammer in terms of how the tech works. 
Yeah, no, it's just been, it's which I love because it it had the potential to go and that this is how this gun works and it, it does blah 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 thus meaning it can't harm the host and etc etc but it doesn't go into it at that level which I kind of like yeah because it, it's leaving it, it's hinting that the science is there but it's not explaining it and um, you know maybe we'll get explanations a bit further down the line but I'm kind of quite happy not knowing and actually just focusing on what's going on in the show I think if we're going to get it we'll get it next episode because the way this one finished because I think that the gun that uh, she's dug up uh, yes I have a feeling that we'll, we'll see the first death of a guest yes in the next episode I think that's the definite foreshadowing yeah. there is that yeah she's dug that up and that is going to be a real gun yeah that's going to do something and then they're going to be telling us why it's impossible for guests to die yeah what do you think about the whole Anthony Hopkins being able to control all the creatures and things? I kind of liked it. I like it. I'm just interested in, yeah. in where it's going. I think he's got more. Is he's got much more control than the the supervisors at the park mm. realize. I yeah. think. Um, and yeah, the way he's coded things because obviously he he stopped the the rattlesnake with a finger and motioned it and basically gesture mm. controlled it away yeah. and then the boy he was talking to he literally <laughs> commanded him and mind wiped mm. him yeah. at the same time uh, so yeah it's curious so he definitely had a kind of god mode thing yeah. going on and I'm wondering if the maze that's being looked for is this new program that he's mm. been keeping secret for so long the thing that Ed Harris is after yeah yeah he's an interesting one what do you make of him well, you said that he was born inside the park in the last episode. About that he's been coming there for 30 years. I mean, what could he possibly have been looking for for 30 years? Has he interacted with every single one of the hosts? Well, I think so. And I think that's the thing, is that he is, he's convinced himself that the, there has to be more. Yeah. And then well, that kind of ties in with what Annie Hopkins is saying during that awful presentation, mm. where that guy's talking about, you know, this shows you what people want to be is like no people come here because they all that they think they spot something yeah. that nobody else has spotted yeah. so what has Ed Harris's character spotted that's made him go this far and obviously interact with the the hosts on a way no one else has yeah. you know because that one that the young girl host turned around and then told him about the maze which is like the maze is not for you it's like okay well she's aware yeah on another level yeah and there was a whole host of things that he had to go through just to get to that point of there is something there, but yeah. and like yeah, uh, he's he's saying to the guy that he's saved from the hangman's news that he knows all about him. He's been there for thirty years. He's met him so many times, but only now did he discover he had a family. Mm. Like he knows what favorite whiskey he he likes to drink, everything. So yeah, and like if you think about it, that's. A daily reset, more or less, in the park in thirty years. Mm. It's got to be something huge. Well, yeah, I guess it's got to be Groundhog Day, and yeah. it's essentially it's it's a guy who's been living Groundhog Day for thirty years yeah. to try and get to something at the bottom of this park. Yeah, it's going to be intriguing. And uh, that, but I guess there was something at some point thirty years ago that triggered him off, and and he's gone. Okay, there's this thing. Maybe I can find it. Yeah. And that's what set him on this quest and driven him quite mad. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely <laughs> mental. He's quite, quite mad. Yeah. Uh, but it's added to the intrigue. I'm really, I'm, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah, I was very happy so that they they started this episode uh, the way they did with the the train coming in. So we actually see the future setting that Westwood exists in. That mm. was nice, and we saw a lot more from the guest's point of view uh, rather than machinations of the management of the park and the interaction between the robots. Yeah, and it was interesting to see different people's levels of interactions with people within the park, so the guests, and how they kind of go from the flagrant not caring, they're obviously not even human, yeah. to you know seeing when, that, when the one guest saw... Uh, the oldest host in the park and she was she did her usual thing of dropping the tin can yeah. and he went over and that was while that whole speech was going on that somebody sees something that they think they're seeing for the first that's time yeah. whereas that's something that go, that happens every day yeah. <laughs> it's just that he was the one who noticed it this time yeah. instead of James Marsden because James Marsden sat in a glass box with bullet holes in him yeah nah, it's, it's, it's a very clever show I'm loving the way it's been done mm. so yeah that's what we were we were concerned about because of its adaptation nature, but it's uh, been great. Now, a couple of others, and this is where I was wrong. Another time that I was wrong. Um, designated Survivor. Mm. You said watch it because Kiefer Sutherland's playing a nice guy, and I couldn't think of any time where he's ever played a nice character. And I mentioned this again in front of my housemate, and without missing a beat, he just said Young Guns. Mm. I was like, fuck. Yeah. You're absolutely right, yeah. yeah. He was actually a very decent guy in Young Guns. Yes, he was. Um, and he's awesome in Designated Survivor. I'm actually quite it's enjoying that show. so good. I'm enjoying that a lot more than I thought I would. Um, he has kind of slipped back into the Jack Bauer role a bit now as, yeah. the, as the president when you get to episode three. Yeah. He's you know, stamping his authoritar on people. So he is a bit kind of, tell me where the bomb is. <laughs> Damn it, Chloe. Uh but it has set me off to rewatch Twenty Four, and I'm halfway through season four now. Uh, <laughs> rewatched yeah. it all again. I gave up with that halfway through season two, I think. I oh no, I, I, I love it. It's great. Yeah. It, it's just the cheesiness. You can just see everything going wrong, and it's brilliant. It's just when they go, "This is going to happen within the hour." You know, it's all going to go wrong. <laughs> well, because I've watched the whole thing many, many times. But it, it, it's good chewing gum in the background while I'm working. I That's pay attention to. That's I can fair. just look up every once in a while and go. Ah, Kim and the Cougar. (laughs) (laughs) The most random plotline on earth. Hers is the most annoying subplot of any character in any TV show ever in 24 season 2. Really? Yeah, well because she goes from, she's babysitting uh, and then it turns out that the, the, the dad of the kid that she's babysitting for is abusive so she ends up stealing the child and running away after the dad hits the kid and then uh, eventually the dad comes after her, they steal the dad's car and drive off and then they get pulled over by the police because they're trying to get out of Los Angeles because there's going to be a nuclear bomb. They get pulled over by the police and the bloke's wife is in the trunk because he's murdered her so they get arrested for murder. Then they're getting driven back to LA so they crash the, the, the cause of distraction and crash the police car and she gets out, runs off into the wilderness leaving her boyfriend behind in the car who then later turns up in hospital after having his leg amputated. Uh, she's running around in the woods and being chased by a cougar. Uh, then she's running around, gets her foot caught in a trap, 
Uh, and then I gave up on this uh, <laughs> I, I quit the show before this happened and Fuck. then she's found by a guy who uh, is wandering around in the woods he sets her free takes her back turns out he's like a survivalist nut job and has an underground bunker uh, and so she tells him about the bomb and then he pretends that the bomb's gone off and locks them both in, in the bunker oh it goes on Cloverfield Lane yeah 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 and then that, that lasts like an episode before she kind of sees through it and goes let me out and so she lets uh, he lets her out and gives her a gun and some supplies and she wanders off finds a gas station goes in to go to the toilet <coughs> at that point someone turns up breaks into the gas station holds them hostage shoots the guy there she holds her hostage <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> and this is a subplot <laughs> <laughs> that's insane uh, and then eventually she breaks <coughs> out of there uh, and then gets driven back to CTU uh, just in time to potentially be killed by Nina. Uh, I almost want to go back and finish <laughs> season two now. I can't remember how far I got in, but I did not get to that far. It's the most stupid set of subplots ever because none of it has anything to do with the main plot. Because the main plot is all about nuclear devices and and potential terrorism. And was this before or after she did Girl Next Door? I uh, don't know. I'm trying to think if maybe she was a Hollywood starlet by this point. Uh, I don't think so. I think that kind of started with season three, uh, and now because I'm on season three now, nearly at the end of it, and that's the point where you know, in order to keep her safe, uh, Jack has brought her in and given her a job in CTU. Brilliant. So you can see how well that's going to end yeah, up. <laughs> and I won't go through the subplots that she's <laughs> she's been involved in thus far. <laughs> But yeah, season two is stupid subplot central. Right. <clears throat> I might actually have to go back and look at that now. <laughs> Just because of that. Oh dear. Anyway, um, that was a weird, yeah. <laughs> weird sidebar. Uh, but yes, Designated Survivor. Survivor. Really enjoying it. It, it. It's starting to kind of wend its way to where I thought it was going to be going, where people are starting to think it might be him that's been involved because he was due to be fired, etc., etc. Et so... It, it's going in some of the ways I expected it to and also some of the ways I didn't so it's it's keeping it fresh at the moment because yeah. we're still you know within a day of the bomb going off and yeah. it's all still pretty raw so yeah I, I, I'm liking the way it's filmed I'm liking his characterisation I'm liking a lot of the other characters in the yeah. film in the show as well Maggie Q's FBI agent I yeah. think is particularly good yeah um, the other show I wasn't sure about it was Bull yeah the early life of Dr. Phil it's fucking amazing it really is good isn't it it's really cool um it's a I no thought it's like kind of it's part mentalist part lie to me yeah it's a no brainer of a show it's just entertaining yeah which is kind of good because we lost Limitless this fall yes so it's nice to have just an entertaining show yeah um back on the air yeah back on the air yeah really enjoying that yeah uh, other really good ones that I'm enjoying at the moment uh, The Exorcist very surprised with that yeah so I'll have to get around to that it's very dark it's very unpleasant it's very gory but it's very good okay it's like supernatural with not of the camp okay that's <laughs> back soon thank, thank god yes it is <laughs> <laughs> love that show <laughs> yeah yeah we're all up for a bit more supernatural yeah. um so yeah that's really good now there are a couple that aren't so great uh, Lethal Weapon the best I can say about it at the moment is that I don't hate it 
Uh, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm not massively sold on it. It's, it, it's interesting chewing gum, and it's kind of starting to get a little bit better. Uh, so I'm kind of sticking with it a little bit. Son of Zorn, still pretty much mediocre. I think yeah. it, it has its moments that are quite interesting. Uh, I think that, I think we partially overhyped that show to ourselves. Probably because um, the idea was genius. The idea was fantastic, but yeah, the execution hasn't been quite as funny as, as, as it, I'd hoped it would yeah, have been. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, others, MacGyver. Avoid. Yeah, I never even started. <laughs> Utterly avoid. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I watched the first episode and it's like, yeah, this is dull. It, it's kind of just him explaining his way out of problems and going, has anyone got this thing that I can make these things out of? And that's essentially it. It's just, it, it's like watching a point and click adventure game. Where you have to go and collect a thing from over there and a thing from over there and put those two things together in order to get to the next bit. So it kind of feels like that, only less engaging. Yeah, I was never convinced by that. So no. I didn't even waste the time with episode one. Yeah, yeah, it's not even nearly great. <laughs> so, yeah, avoid MacGyver if I were you. Anything else? Uh, I don't think if there's any other shows that I've been enjoying or or, or otherwise. Not that I'm sur- a surprise, you know. Bull and Designate Survivor were a surprise, but the other shows that I'm expecting to enjoy that I am, uh, I was expecting to, like Lucifer, that's still fantastic. Yeah, oh yeah, Lucifer's great. That, um, that's back with yeah. a vengeance and really enjoying that. I think the only one I'm let down by is we said last time with the Blacklist, kind of just not been grabbed by it so far. Yeah, I... Having watched, I think, the third episode now, I think it was, is it the third episode? I can kind of see what they've done and why. It just wasn't very engaging and you didn't quite believe the bad guy's motivations behind it because it was just a ridiculous idea that he would kidnap Elizabeth and the daughter and make them love him and it would all be fine. They'd eventually come round, honest. And then there was lots of escaping and recapturing and crashes and things going wrong and and almost deaths of some of our favourite characters which I won't go into Um, but then it's essentially just set it up where the whole season I think is just going to be a search for the kid Uh, yeah Ah, I think that's what they've done is they've taken a couple of episodes to set that up make it all look fine and then give Elizabeth a reason to go back to the FBI again yeah and that gives um Tom a reason for his spin-off. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So he can go off on his own investigations while Elizabeth's faffing around with the FBI. Yeah. And I think that's probably what it's going to be. Okay. Well, let's see how they tie in the blacklist to it, because like, that's kind of the, the theme of the show, is Reddington giving up people on the blacklist. Yeah, I mean, th- th- there's been a couple that have been on the list that have been kind of taken out. Like uh, There was Marto, I think, was last episode, which was the, uh, the, the, the guy who kidnapped the baby that was running around uh, so they are still doing that but then I think yeah it, it, it'll start getting back to back to normal I think after yeah. this with the side plot of where's my daughter yeah I hope so that's been a consistently good show over the last few years so. it's still eminently watchable just for James Spader 
It's just, you know, when, when he starts talking about his favourite food, you know, whoever he's talking to is doomed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Utterly genius. Uh, oh, Scorpion's back. I haven't seen it. Yeah, haven't caught up with it. Scorpion's back and it's yeah. good. Excellent, yeah. That's, yeah, that, that, that fills in the gap that was left behind when Leverage finished. It's, yeah, really enjoying that show. Yeah, I need to catch up with that. Yeah, it's rather good. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much it in terms of shows. Yeah, I mean, there's still f- a few more to come back. Like I said, Supernatural's yet to come back. Yep. Walking Dead's yet to come back. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of new ones. Yeah, I think Legacy. Legacy, the new X Men one on Fox. And not 24 Legacy. Yeah. What am I thinking? Is Legacy right? I don't know. It's, it's 24 Legacy yeah. is, is the 24 spin off that's coming in January. Oh, that's no, Legion. Legion. Legion is the one I'm thinking of. Okay. Which is the, the X Men. Okay, one. yeah, I'm not sure about it's that. to Fox. Then there's the, yeah, the Cloak and Dagger one that we were talking about as well. Um, uh, Legends of Tomorrow will be back at some point. Supergirl will be due back fairly soon. I finally finished season one of Supergirl. That was a drag. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I have higher hopes for it now and mind you that's something we haven't spoke about yet is Arrow, is Arrow and Flash well I've I gave up on Flash season one it was too it was too twee for me it so is I, very cheesy so I, I I didn't stick with it um, Arrow on the other hand I've I've always enjoyed um, and yeah this I enjoyed this episode until the last shot of the episode okay because I was like oh great another fake Arrow or is it Malcolm Merlin back for I more? I don't think it's the Black Archer. Or if it is, I don't think it's Malcolm Merlin. Right, okay. I don't think it's him. I think that would just be ridiculous at this point to bring him back. In, but in yes, you're right. It, it, it's a bit ridiculous bringing back another yeah. Black Archer at this point. Um, right. And my my main concern is that the the, the big bad, um, like the, the old Walking Dead alumni, Oh yeah, yeah. The guy who played Tyrese. Yeah, yeah. Is just kick-ass and brutal, and is not super-powered, and that's the point of him. He is just a leader and aggressive, and take anything, no matter what the costs. I worry that they're going to put him into the Black Archer scene. No, not a chance. Yeah, that's my concern. No, he's he's too big and thuggish yeah. to be doing that. Which is fine. Um, the subplot, though, was interesting. How Oliver Queen joined the Prattler. Mm. That was an interesting touch. Class and people have been wondering about it for, well, four of its seasons now. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, we're almost getting there because that was, it said, five years ago and we're on season five of Arrow now. So it's it's got to be running out of flashback now. Yeah. It's got to be. It's if it goes beyond this season it's just getting silly now <laughs> and then of course what you have to do is you have to go back cut everything apart and then watch everything in chronological order so you have all the flashback scenes first and then you go <laughs> and watch it in that Yeah. or is that just me? that's probably just you but also <laughs> probably a reasonable percentage of our <laughs> listeners as well um, and definitely me now you've mentioned it <laughs> So we'll, we'll uh, slate that in some point next year, yeah? Yeah, yeah, let's wait till May, when everything finishes, <laughs> we'll just do it. 
I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really upset at the lack of good summer shows now. There was hardly anything to keep me going over summer. Yeah. That's why I, I went back to rewatching a whole bunch of stuff that I'd already watched because the summer shows were they weren't engaging at yeah. all. I did every season of How I Met Your Mother in about ten days, yeah. and then I just watched every season of TNG. Yeah. Uh, and uh, DS9. But did you watch them in chronological order? Nope. No, because I think I watched Deep Space Nine first, to be honest. Uh, I didn't put them in Stardate order either. <laughs> so, yeah. My bad. I had my nerd card back no, in, shall I? No, no, no. I think you'll find it's just my OCD. <laughs> cool. Have to find new and interesting ways of watching a show. Can't just watch a show. Got to do it in thematic order. Oh, yeah. Well, I did, I used, I used, I did themes. I, I did them in, in thematic order alphabetically. Yeah. I had a Klingon theme where I just watched all the Klingon episodes. <laughs> oh, so wrong. Anywho. <laughs> just the magic of Netflix, though, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, you can just literally just pick a show and go, oh, binge watch that yeah. all again now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I do, invariably. Cool. Cool. So then, um, lastly then. You were going to tell me about how badly you got beaten at Magic. Oh, it was the worst. Like, it's like. Did they beat you with a sausage? (laughs) (laughs) Would have been preferable. (laughs) Like, it costs like 24, 25 quid to do it, and you get the pre release box, and it's the week before. The official release, and yet it's a. So you get all the shinies before everyone else. Well, no, that's kind of the problem. Uh, you get six boosters, so you're going to get six rares uh, and some lim- uh, uncommons, and you get your pre release card, which is your special foil card, and that is unique to your box, uh, and it could be any rare or mythic in the set. And I was like, yes, I could get like some, some, I could get a really cool card here, and that's what I'll build my deck around. Cause it's a limited format, so you only have the cards that you pull. From the six boosters yep. with which to construct a deck, um, and my pre-release card, my special foil card, was a was a, a, a fast land. <laughs> like it was a land, and I know that it's a valuable card. I know in terms of retail, it's going for about eight or nine dollars, mm-hmm. and it's just a land. I was like, well, that's fucking shit, isn't but it? It's a land, it's, dude. <laughs> I got a land. As as my preview, and that was that got me. I mean, at that point, I was starting to tip. I was starting, I was starting to tilt a little bit, um, and uh, yeah, I, I managed to open my six boosters, and I got jank. I got nothing of any value or any worth, and I had to try and put together a deck. Um, and I thought I'd done all right because the first game I played, I went two and zero. I won both round. I won both games in the first round. I was like, okay. I then proceeded to lose the next three rounds Ooh, without w- without winning a game, uh, and I dropped before the fourth round because like there was no way of winning a prize, so I just dropped out. I was on tilt. It wasn't helped by the fact that one of the guys there had his birthday, and he kept pulling <coughs> super rare cards. And he kept making sure everybody knew that he was getting super rare cards and saying it was his birthday. And like, I bought a Planeswalker pack and he bought the next one after me. And I got shit and he got 
some really legit cards and he kept rubbing it in my face. At that point I was just I was so salty. I was just like, you know, you know what, I'm done, this is a fucking stupid game. <laughs> Never play Magic again. <laughs> I'm 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 done. Um and of course on release day I bought three boxes of boosters. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure I had a full set. And I'm still missing like five cards. I'm missing five cards from Kaladesh from the complete collection. But I found a really horrible thing is happening to me now because of this is <coughs> I like magic for the brewing and making decks mm-hmm. um, as do I and playing silliness yeah and I have tried to make decks for Kaladesh and I have made a few I've made three or four and then I have taken them apart because there are now gaps in my folder where the cards were I can't get over leaving gaps in my folder to actually make a deck I'm I'm not playing anymore. I'm just collecting the cards, and I I need to get out of that. Cause yeah, I'm that like, kind of feels like you're missing the point. Yeah, all that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. That's that's like that's starting to that's starting to worry me. It's like I have gone to prep a deck for F and M, and then just gone no, and just taken the deck apart and just put everything back into the folders. So yeah. See, I got around that by never actually putting them in folders ever. But they're so shiny when they're in the folder. Yeah, you see, I was never up for the shinies. I was, I, I appreciated having a full collection of of a set, uh, and I think I gave up after about two or three sets of even attempting to do that because uh, I was a student and didn't have anywhere near enough money to fund yeah. that habit. Um, and then eventually, it was just it was about playing and it was about just having fun and generally about getting wasted with friends and playing mm-hmm. ridiculous games until four in the morning at least so I guess that's the yeah I, I, I was I never <coughs> fell into the serious collector mentality of magic I think that's just something in my OCD that's just doesn't like to see <laughs> a, a hole yeah in a collection so yeah uh, I will get Let's to take it take a photocopy of it and put the photocopy yeah, in yeah I can fill it with a proxy which is probably the best way to go about it um but yeah but I've got so many cards now. I mean, no one here. <coughs> your collection is. <coughs> no, but well, huge. yeah. My, mine is, is, is you know, 20, 20 odd years yeah. worth of collecting. Yeah. But yeah, that's my, my shameful story of how I let a card game tilt me. Yeah. Happens to us all, so. Yeah. I'm usually a fa- I'm, I'm always a gracious winner. And I'm usually a very gracious loser, unless it's Monopoly. If it's Monopoly, then all bets are off. I cannot play Monopoly with my group of friends in Worcester. Not anymore, I'm not allowed to. <laughs> We're not allowed to play at games night. <coughs> I've literally table flipped Monopoly before. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, and they rejoice in reminding me about it as well. <laughs> so, Did you lose particularly badly? Uh, I think I walked out of a game because someone was going to go bust landing on my property and I was just like, look, I will buy your properties at uh, a certain amount and he decided to mortgage them for less than I was offering him and I think the phrase what the fuck, that makes no business sense was used by me before I was roundly mocked by everybody else in the room (laughs) and went, fuck this (laughs) and just (laughs) rage quit Um, yeah, I, 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 I take Monopoly far too seriously, uh, and so we have never, we've never played it since. And every games night, every time we get around for a board game, 
So it's like, oh, well, we've got Monopoly Brand. And it's like, fuck off. Just fuck off. Yeah, this sounds like a calculator working out interest rates for them. <laughs> Making deals. <laughs> I thought it was the point. I thought it was meant to teach I you stuff. I foresee a career for you as an estate agent, sir. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but yeah. The I, like, I, I do have a history, I suppose, of tilting with games. Um, I learned to control it a lot more when I was playing poker, obviously, because you can't tilt when you're playing poker. <laughs> Whoa, three aces! Yeah. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, just uh, doesn't work. No. But yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Oh, the shame. <coughs> right, uh, what else have we got for today? Well, I think that's getting us to pretty much the end. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, just a couple of heads-ups uh, that we're coming around to October MCM time once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've, I will be down there as usual. So if you see me wandering around looking lost, then please feel free to pick me up and scoop me and put me back in a bar, and I'll be fine. Uh, and I should be at Bristol Con. Um, cool. If all goes well, I should be there. Excellent. It's the same weekend. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. That's right, because yeah, that book launch is going on, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, cool. Uh, and then also, yeah, we'll, we'll be drawing results of the uh, of the swag giveaway yes. on the Facebook page fairly yes. soon. So, again, depending on when, when and where you are when you're listening to this, it may have already happened. You may still have time to enter. Go check out the Facebook page, and that will tell you for certain which, yeah. which side of the space-time continuum you're on. We're all a little uncertain at the moment. Yes, very much so. Oh, speaking of which, there was one other show, which okay. was Timeless, which is the kind of time copy one, which has quite an interesting cast. It's got uh, Matt Frewer in it, it's got Patterson Joseph in it, uh, a whole bunch of other people. It's uh, it's obviously, I think it's a Canadian production. Uh, it, they, they've created a machine that blaggy blaggy fold space time. Uh, go back in the past, do things, future goes wrong. Uh, so they're a team that's going back to stop one guy who's now going to trying to make history disastrous and the first episode is set around the Hindenburg disaster. Hmm. Uh, and yes, that's quite an interesting one. Right. Uh, it's it, it, it's kind of cheesy and twee time travel, but worth worth a watch just because the, the, the cast of it is fairly good. I'll give a look-see. So yeah, try that out. Uh, we watched the first episode of that the other day, and it, and it was okay. It's it's uh, you know a, a silly little time travel show. Cool, with quite a cool cast. Sorry, I'll check it out. I remember us talking about that before. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Right then, that's definitely all for this week. I believe so. Uh, thank you all for listening. Until next time, I've been Brendan. I've been Spindles. And take care of. Oh fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> It's the pressure it gets to you it every is. time. It is. Oh. Until next time, take care and be excellent to each other.